I think that picture would be um, uh, a black man um, probably praying with God behind him, but also um, they, there would be a there will be a son in this in this uh, photo. But somehow it has to have Florida A and M to have a picture of me standing straight up and knowing that I can do it to exude the confidence that I gained in Florida and and knowing that I have God on my side. What's up, world? If you've ever wondered, what does my friend, partner, cousin actually do at work? Then you'll love Take Your Homeboy to Workday podcast. I am your host, B.A., and here's what you can expect by tuning in. Each episode, I'll invite a guest to share their career journey, from a youth in school to their rise as a professional. We'll learn the nuts and bolts of jobs, and you'll learn how what they do shows up in our everyday lives. Finally, I'll have them open up about how they find fulfillment through their work. So for anyone interested in hearing the first-hand experience of a specific career, these conversations are your launching pad. Today, we'll hear about electrical engineering, energy service, and its delivery to your home and or business. Electricity powers the essentials of our lives, like heating and lighting. And dare I say that many of us take it for granted. That is, of course, until it is out and we don't have any. Energy delivery is complex and requires state-of-the-art infrastructure so that it is safe and reliable. Today's guest is Chase Stewart, a 15-year veteran with ComEd. ComEd is Illinois' largest energy provider that keeps over 70% of the state's population lit and heated. Chase is a steward of Illinois' electricity superhighway. His love for his work is rooted in providing Chicagoans a high quality of life and economic well-being that makes Illinois an exceptional place to live. Beyond leveraging his engineering degree for the technical aspects of his responsibilities, he also has mastered clear communication in high-stress situations, diligence to details, and building trust from customers and executives. I'm excited to pull back the curtain on such a critical part of our lives that often goes unheralded. So thank you for joining me today, Chase. Thanks, bye-bye. Thanks, bye-bye. <laughs> so I gave a little introduction about what I think it is that you do, but in your own terms, can you explain ComEd and then what it is you do within ComEd? Yeah, so... Uh, Bye bye. I'm currently the manager of new business large projects. Uh, When you talk about new business large projects, uh, what we do is we design power grids for businesses that are over one megawatt of power. So I know one megawatt of power. If you're not an engineer, you're like, what does that mean? (laughs) So this is the Facebooks, the Amazons. Right now, we're working on Obama Library, the Trump Towers, uh, the skyscrapers downtown, things of that sort. So I work with the big uh, commercial buildings. Yeah. Um, My group, 
uh, has uh, 22 engineers under me. Um, we have, out of that 22, we have um, project engineers who actually meet with the customers, trying to find out due dates, things of that sort. Then we have the design side who actually uh, get the blueprint from pretty much um, the customer. And we trigger, we figure out based on the power that they need, how we're going to get them the power to their building. So it's a hand in hand uh, conversation. It's a lot of nuts and bolts we got to get to, to get to the point where we get to that due date and we energize that customer. Yeah, man, that sounds impressive. I still remember the first time uh, I actually understood what you did. Um, as you were saying, a new building was being built across the skyline in Chicago. And basically you had to figure out how do I fit them into the current grid system, get them the power they need without possibly causing outages with all the other businesses and residential areas in the, in the property. So, and I've been amazed with, wow, that is such important work that nobody really thinks about. So thank you for that quick introduction. I guess my, my first question now is how did you get into this? I mean, I know you studied electrical engineering at FAM. Uh, I guess first, what got you into that? Want to study electrical engineering? How did you choose that? You know that um, education path. Yeah, so uh, choosing engineering actually started in high school. So in high school, um, I was the go-to person with uh, installing stereos in people' cars and sound systems of that sort. Oh yeah. Um, okay. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was way back in the day. I don't think people are still doing it now uh, because of where we are with technology, but uh, trying to figure out how to get my speakers in my car louder. I mean, I didn't realize that would get me to where I'm at today. But <clears throat> once I went on college tours and looked around, I realized electrical engineering is, is where I landed because I would be able to use what I was doing to install those car stereo systems uh -huh. on a on a larger level and actually do something with that degree. So uh, that's how I got to the engineering. That makes sense. Now that I think about your ride in college, it makes sense that you started off doing. I didn't even know, and I guess I didn't even know that you did your own sound system in your own car. So that's even like eye opening for me that you had that knowledge even as in high school. So that's impressive. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. For, yeah, I, it's no way I can still listen to the speakers the way I used to. But yeah, it was it was pretty loud back then. <laughs> and if we have time, I'd love to learn a little bit about uh, you know how technology has changed in sound. But we'll come back to that question at the end. Um, so as as um as you were matriculating through FAMU, going uh, reaching your junior and senior year, um. What were did you always know that you wanted to go and work for ComEd in Chicago? Um, I mean, did you ever consider actually using your electrical engineering degree to continue to work in music and work with tech, uh, sound systems? Yeah, so uh, I'll be honest. I, I there is no way you ever would have told me I would have worked for a utility company. Uh, I think uh, the utility. Uh, it doesn't sound sexy. You you look at poles, you look at wires all day. It's no way you can say uh, you want to do this for 15 years. <laughs> so actually, uh, in college, um, there was a company called Johnson Controls. 
And what they uh, was known for was uh, putting electronics actually in cars. So the navigations, the backup camera, things of that sort. That's what they were known for. And that's that's actually what I wanted to do. Um, had a tragedy in the family and <clears throat> brought me back to Chicago. And from my internship that I had with ComEd uh, my junior year, uh, when... When I graduated from FAMU, I came back on full time. So I think if I didn't have that family tragedy, I definitely would have been doing something with electronics and cars. Gotcha. Well, salute to you for um, whatever, you know, salute to you for being a leader in your family and doing what it takes to keep that cohesion there and but still finding a way to achieve your goals. So salute to you for that that journey that you uh, that decision you had to make. And, yes, 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 yes. And you talked about doing an internship. So my next question is twofold because you talked about doing an internship and then this was also your first job out. So one of the questions I love to learn and ask is how much somebody can make those first years um, uh, when they go into a field. So if you don't mind, and you don't have to share your personal, how much you personally made, but if you could share a range first for your internship, how much did you make? And then for your first job with ComEd, uh, what's the range that somebody can expect to make? Well, I'll do better. Since uh, since we're at 15 years now at the company uh, and with inflation and things of that sort, the range has changed. But uh, currently now, when uh, we're offering uh, straight out of college, uh, you're between about... Uh, 75 and 90,000 based on your internship and experience. Mm -hmm. And uh, <clears throat> you can actually get more if you actually have a master. So that's about the range that we're working with straight out of college. Damn. Oof, that's, that's a nice uh, cushion to fall back on. Okay. Thank you for sharing that and being upfront. So um, you shared how much you could make or somebody could make coming into it. Um, as with all businesses, uh, when they are putting money for an employee, um, they're expecting a return back to the company based on what you're able to produce. So um, I guess the question I'm thinking is, uh, how do you make money for ComEd? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so with ComEd, um, and the utility industry. Um, I think the old days of just the meter spinning um, is, is long and gone. Uh, so what my department did is, uh, like I say, we designed the power grids. We're always thinking about energy efficiency, what we could do different. We deal with solar. We deal with all type of things to figure out different ways that we could power uh, the community. Um, there's new technology out called uh, microgrids. Um, you guys might have heard about this. These are like uh, communities have them where you can pretty much have your grid inside of a grid. Uh, so um, like looking forward in the future with technology and things of that sort, we're always trying to find different ways that we can power up the customer. So like I stated in the beginning, just the meter running, 
that we see on the back of our house is just one way that we bring in revenue to to the company. Gotcha. And you talked about um, how you work a lot more with corporations, large buildings um, that are trying to come onto the grid um, and how you can keep them safe, but still give them the power they need. What's that whole process like? Um, I guess if I am a, a developer, uh, a, a corporate building developer, and I want to bring my business onto the grid and I have to go to Comet and I end up with you as my, my, um, my representative, uh, what is that conversation like? <clears throat> it's it's um is is very interesting because if you think most of the projects that I deal with, uh, the first time we do a site meeting, we're going on site and there's no building. There's mm. there's usually just a grass area or things of that sort. So. They're giving us blueprints about how they're going to build the building. We're looking at the developer. We got all different types of engineers. Like I stated, we got project managers. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to see what the customer wants. Now, through the building stages, uh, customers usually, they change their plans. Uh, you have some buildings that say, hey, I want the water on this side of the building. They realize once they start designing the building, hey, I need to move the water on a total different side of the building. So what we do is we just try to figure out based on their low letter of how much power they need, how are we going to get the power to them? How can we design it where whatever space they give us, we can accomplish their goals? So it's um, it's constant communication back and forth to make sure the customer gets what they need. But like I say, those first meetings are are very pivotal because this is when the developer and the customer is telling us, hey, I'm building this building. It's going to be a data center. It's five megawatts of power. So we go back and we figure out how are we going to find a way to give them five megawatts of power to um, design this. So it's these are very intense meetings that we go to. Yeah, they sound like how many people are in those meetings? And I guess who are the other within ComEd, who are some of the other people you have to collaborate with that would be in those meetings? Yes, yes. So you have new new business, large projects, design team. Uh, some, sometimes you'll have the highway. Uh, I mean, the high rise engineers. You will have uh, the overhead and underground department. So you can have up to 15 and 20 people at that site visit to try to figure out what we can do to get this customer power. So uh, you know, one thing I like to do is bring, bring to life what it is my guests do. And so you, you, you're, right now you're focused on uh, corporate business. So if I'm walking through a new skyscraper, what is like a physical manifestation of what you planned that I could see and be like, oh, that's what Chase does, or that's what a um, a, a large business program manager does for Comet? Yeah, so uh, actually, we we are the rooms uh, that usually have the yellow signs that says "Beware <laughs> Electrical" behind here and things of that sort. So usually, don't have access to these to uh, places that we design. But if you happen to get in these buildings, you got, you'll see transformers, you'll see all type of uh, uh, 
um, breaker system, things of that sort that's behind those walls. But like I say, the normal, um, just everyday worker, you won't have access. Usually there's some type of security clearance to get in these these rooms uh, because uh, just with a high voltage of power, uh, and if you don't have on a proper PPE and things of that sort, you can end up touching something and um, that can lead to a fatality. Damn. Okay. 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 Um, let's see. I actually, one of the things you alluded to earlier was how technology was changing how power is distributed or planned for. Um, you even mentioned that you know, there could be communities, uh, there are, um, there's grids within grids. So as we're thinking about how technology is advancing, um, where do you see power going in 15 to 20 years? Man, Baba, if I knew that answer, I'd be Jeff Bezos. Uh, <laughs> Touche. <but> I, <laughs> right, right, right. But I, but I, what I, what I will tell you is, is right now as a utility company with uh, solar being something that everybody's exploring. So yeah, yeah. If, if we think about solar, solar feeds into our grid. So I know um, some people who have solar, you know. If you don't know how it works, uh, let's just say you have a, a single family home, maybe husband, wife, and three kids. Your normal utility bill is, uh, let's say, two to three hundred a month. Yeah, you can end up getting solar and it can probably range you about 50 to 70 dollars a month just based off the solar panels feeding into that your actual breaker box. Right. Mm -hmm. So. If we think about it uh, on a larger scale and we think about everybody in America goes to solar, then we have a whole different type of grid, right? Um, that's where the utility industry has to continue uh, to be strategic in figuring out how we can um, expand. Like I, like I stated a couple of questions ago, the days of just the meter spinning for revenue uh, are totally different with solar because solar actually feeds into our grid. So that's something that we're working on. And I imagine in 15, 20 years from now, there'll probably be a whole different utility. Gotcha. You know, I guess um, before I talked with you in my head, I was thinking that maybe solar would be a competitor to you all, to, to ComEd or to energy companies. But the fact that you all have found a way to integrate it into your system also and that y'all are partners, that um, that really that was eye opening because I didn't perceive it that way. What about uh, what about, let's say, wind energy or hydro energy? Do you all consider them partners the same way you do solar or how do you all look at those sources of energy? So, so, so if you think about all of, all of what you name generate power, right? Mm -hmm. And and what we do is we, we try to find different ways to generate power because the days of the fossil plants and um, the coal plants that's that's pretty much of the past, and a lot of them are going away. So that's just a, a new way of technology on how we're generating power. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Uh, so um, you shared a little bit about some of the most recent work you've done uh, being with large developers and corporate corporate companies. 
Um, I know you've been at ComEd for fifteen year, over fifteen years now. What uh, what's another job that you've held that um, you really enjoy doing? Oh man, Whew. I, I'll tell you. So I, I've been at ComEd since two thousand six. I've, I've had uh, five different roles. I I think um, the position I have now. I like it. Uh, I can see these skyscrapers. I can see the big buildings. I can see where they come from. But I think um, my favorite job was actually um, was a FLS. It's a, a frontline supervisor. And, and as a frontline supervisor, I'm actually out there with the union members. And these are the guys that you see on the poles and the bucket trucks and things of that sort. And these are the first responders who actually is getting the power on and uh, coming to your house and trying to figure out what can we do to install the power. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So let's say, um, so if there's a snowstorm that comes through Chicago, let's say it knocks out a couple of blocks, that's when you and your team would jump into action, try to fix that. Right. Oh yeah. It's go time. It's go time. We got to get the power <laughs> back on. It's go time. Man, that sounds, that sounds so your team would be out there in, let's say, you know, freezing temperatures. Maybe the storm is even still going on, and they're still working hard trying to get the uh, the power back on for customers, right? Yes. So, so when you have a power outage, it's it's all hands on deck. No matter the temperature, hot, cold, rain, snow, we have to do whatever to get this customer back on. Man, wow. Okay, that. That sounds like tough work. And I know um, uh, we've talked about this just separately conversations, but let's say uh, we'll use um, uh, Hurricane Ian that just came through in Florida and that sometimes you will, not you specifically, but that some of your team or people who have that skill set and knowledge will go to other areas to help uh, work with those grids. Uh, do I remember that correctly? Is that is that what would actually happen? Definitely, definitely. If if you think about it, um, uh, when you talk about u- utility companies, there's usually only one utility in uh, most uh, cities uh, across the U.S. So, just like you said, uh, those hurricanes. Uh, uh, I've sent crews to Puerto Rico. I've sent crews to Florida. I've sent crews to New York. I've sent crews everywhere. I've I uh, actually even had the experience on going down to actually uh, Florida one time. And and what happens is when you go down there, you know, you're in charge of your crews and we load up all the trucks and and we drive down there to find out how we can get this power on. So all the utilities work together because the common goal is get the customer back on uh, as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah. That's why uh, in the intro I said, you know, you you love your job because you want to provide people with a good quality of life and being able to have heat and light is a critical part of that. So bringing that passion to it that you do, um, I'm, I imagine it really shines through with your team and with response rates um, that, that get it. You know, you don't leave people out of power too long because, you know, that's affecting their quality of life. Definitely, definitely. I mean, people never look at probably the utility company as a customer service business, but oh man, I mean, just to see uh, people's faces light up once they see, you know, their furnace come on, with their lights come on. It's, I mean, yeah. we're we're probably one of the biggest customer service industries uh, in America. 
Yeah, no, people, no, I, I, I can admit that I didn't look at this until we had this conversation, and I imagine more people will start to look at, at look at energy companies as customer service. So that's, uh, thank you for all of that you do, man. Let me ask you this now: What has been your proudest achievement in your career so far? Wow, uh, I think my proudest achievement is, um, I think coming. Uh, from graduating from Florida A&M and uh, all the, the excellent black people and just black excellence down in Florida A&M, uh, coming to a utility company company, and uh, with my five roles, uh, uh, I think most of these roles that I went in, I was either the youngest or maybe the only black on the team and being able to be successful and lead these teams and do well in the company. So I think that's my proudest accomplishment. Salute, salute. You know, a, a lot of people have, um, a lot of my other guests have shared that oftentimes they're the only black person in the room, sometimes even the youngest, and that maybe early on, they maybe have suffered from imposter syndrome. Are you familiar with imposter syndrome? It's where you don't uh, feel- I've like, heard of it, I've heard of it. It's where you yeah. don't feel like you belong in the room. So you don't feel like you uh, yeah. you've the right to be in the same room. Uh, have you ever had those feelings inside or have you always had this internal confidence that, hey, I knew I know I have the education and uh, the the soft skills, you know, such as communication, dealing with high stress situations to be able to I've, I've earned the right to be in these rooms, even though I may be young and I may be one of the few minorities in the room. Yeah. So, uh, like I say, uh, Florida A&M prepared me for this situation. Uh, okay. <laughs> Florida A&M. Beta New Chapter Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated <laughs> definitely um, definitely prepared me for for this situation um, because when I go in these rooms I understand you know that imposter uh, syndrome because I understand they don't think I should be there I understand they think I, I need more experience I don't have enough things of that sort of whatever it may be uh-huh. so um, just from the things that I learned at Florida A&M and, and through Beta New, I knew, you know, it's times at night when others are maybe partying or doing whatever that, hey, I got to get the upper hand to make sure I'm prepared. Uh, so just with that knowledge and that background that I learned down in Florida A&M, uh, I'm always prepared and a step ahead. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So uh, my next question, it's, it's, it's abstract. Um, so imagine you have a painter next to you and he wants to commemorate your career, the work you've done in a picture. What would you tell him to draw? How would you describe that picture to the painter? Wow, what a question. Um, I think... Um, I think that picture would be uh, uh, a black man um, probably praying with God mm-hmm. behind him, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but also uh, they, there would be a sh- there will be a son in this in this uh, photo, mm-hmm. but somehow it has to have Florida A and M. And it has to have a picture of me standing straight up 
and knowing that I could do it, to exude the confidence that I gained at Florida A&M and knowing that I have God on my side. Salute. So I know that's a tough question, but thank you for thank yep. you for creating that that visual and that image. Um, that's really what I wanted to create is, you know, how, how can we take all these experiences and then put it into like a picture and people can understand visually the work that you do and how you feel about it. So thank you. Yep. Yep. So we've talked a lot about the good of what you've been doing. Uh, but as with anything, there's also a bad or an ugly or maybe watch outs. Yes. So if yes. there was somebody young, you just hired them out of fam, they're coming onto the team, you know, what's one watch out that you would give them as they start their career? Um, yeah, as they start their career. Uh, starting your career. Um, we know the stereotypes that we have as black people about being on time, about uh, looking the par, about... Um, you know, sometimes standing out when we shouldn't. Um, we got to realize uh, corporate America has their view of us already. Um, so, hey, be on time. Uh, ask questions. Uh, don't be afraid to raise your hand. Don't be afraid to work harder. Um, and just realize that uh, to get to the top, we still fighting. We still got work to do. And, um, hey, you'll get there. It takes time. You might get passed over for some promotions or different opportunities. But uh, your knowledge is something that they can't take from you. So just work hard, be on time, and let, hey, let, let, let your uh, light shine. Wise words, wise words. Uh, another kind of uh, abstract question for you. When's the last time you've been at work and you just fell out laughing? Oh, man. Who fell out laughing, man. <laughs> I, I will say this. So um, I have a lot of fun with my team. Uh, yeah. I have a very diverse team. Uh, so... Um, but I will say engineers are not fun people. And so um, <laughs> I'm a little different. I, I'll say uh, my team is a little different because uh, most of the time in the office, uh, you know, they sit at their, they're sitting at cubicles with their headphones on. They're on AutoCAD. They're on different programs designing. And they're, there's barely even talking. So, um, I think the last time I laughed was because um, there's one guy who he he's pretty quiet and I joined the team about a year and a half ago. And, uh, you know, we, uh, last year we were dealing with the pandemic, but uh, this year he came to work in a Halloween costume. So this, <laughs> it, it caught me totally off guard because I, I, I just didn't see this coming and I think that was that was like the first time like I really laughed at the team because I was like, I didn't really you don't really think of engineers as having so much personality. But this yeah. guy was he, he was pretty funny. He, he was dressed as a clown and it, it, it was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. <laughs> is he going to start a trend? I mean, ne is uh, next year. Are y'all going to start all dressing up and come to work? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got to jump on board. I, I mean, <laughs> I know that I thought about it, and I said, no, my team would look at me crazy. But uh, now since I got the green light, who knows? Who knows? Black Panther, here I come. Something is coming. <laughs> Wait, why not Killmonger, though, man? I, I would prefer you come as Killmonger than Black Panther, man. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, you know what? I, I haven't caught up. I'm, I'm going to let you know about next week. Uh, that's probably who I need to be. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> that, that. Well, Chase, man, this has been a great conversation. Before we go, uh, I have a, a curveball question for you, sir. Uh, so prepare okay. yourself. I didn't put this in the email that I sent. So prepare yourself. Um, okay. Uh, there is no right or wrong answer. Uh, it's really just an opportunity for my guests to learn a little bit more about you and your, your personal interests. So you ready? Okay. Yep. All right. So imagine you are a record label A&R and you get to put together, mm. you get to put together your dream song. So you get to choose mm. Any three artists and one producer, which three artists would you choose? And then which producer would you choose for the song? Oh, man. Oh, man. This this is a tough one. Uh, first, know, wait, Khaled right? does this already. Wait, Khaled <laughs> does this already. Wait a minute. So, so you, you're Khaled for a day. You get to be Khaled for a day, man. I can be Khaled for one day. All right, okay. All right, Khaled. Let me see. <laughs> all right, so all right, so 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 Jay Z and Nas, they done with they beef, right? Cause yes. cause Nas got music on title now, so all right, we can do that. <laughs> I wanna I wanna Jay Z Nas in some way. I, I need a big verse. I, I think Biggie oh, needs okay. to be on that verse. I don't know how. Okay, man. So you going all New York with your artists, man? You just turning your back on Chicago like that, huh? So all right. I don't want to get thrown off the podcast, but you know we you we, we having Kanye's... some problems in Chicago right now with, with a couple of artists. So, uh, <laughs> you know I don't want to get thrown off the podcast. You know we, we having we having some technical difficulties that uh, we try to work through in Chicago. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, we're gonna stay in New York right now. Got you, got you. Okay, and then which producer? Oh man. I, I, I'm going to stay with Cali. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, he has a wide range of sounds and a lot of other engineers that he works with that uh, if you put those yeah. three in a row. See, because you know Cali, Cali has the cheat code, right? Because yeah. what Cali does is uh, he can hear a song, and even though you say, I only want three artists, you can look up the remix and you got 12 artists. So Cali right. got the cheat code. <laughs> bet, bet. Biggie. Uh, Jay-Z, Nas, and then Khaled doing production. I would love to have the four of them in the room creating, talking about concepts, uh, themes, where they want to take it. That, that would be a pretty, that'd be a badass song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, man, this was an amazing conversation. I appreciate you once again coming on and pulling the curtain back about what working for an energy company has been like. Thank you for being honest and transparent about your personal experiences, especially some of the emotional ones. 
um, you know, like, you know, your, your decision to move back to Chicago after graduating, you know, how you like leading your teams. I really appreciate everything that you shared. I know the audience is going to learn from this. And just, I guess, man, thank you once again. Uh, is there anything? My man, bye-bye. Yeah, is there anything you may want to say leaving? You don't have to necessarily, but is there any last things you may have in your head that you may want to share? Uh, no. We, oh, I got one thing. I got one thing. Yeah, I do got one thing. Hey, the fight lives on. Keep grinding. Good job, bye-bye. Man, let's get to work. Respect. Thank you. Let's get to work. Peace.